What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Podcast, episode 305. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trav. Man, and we're running through corridors with guns and also saving the world with Adam. <laughs> this week we watched Knock at the Cabin. In slow motion, we're running through. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Here's what I said last night when they were talking about watching it, and Griffin's brother said he hadn't seen it, and I was like, I wish I could have paired nine, eight and nine together. Yeah. Because, like, I watch eight, wait a week, and when you watch nine, it's like, that's the final episode? Yeah. They should have just stuck those two together. Yeah. Well, this is what I thought was going to happen. I thought that because like in the game, the way that it ends is you wake up in the hospital, like pretty much the same thing happens. You wake up in the hospital and there's like this whole big explanation as to what's happening uh, with Ellie and how they are going to try to extract the cure for Ellie um, from her, you know, from her body and everything. Post-apocalyptic brain surgery. Yeah, and the Not doctor's the, <laughs> the the doctor's the one giving the exposition on everything, and it's a little bit like it's more dramatic in the game because like not only do you have the fireflies and stuff that are there, but also like the infected are pushing into this part of the city as well, and then at a certain point in the game they start breaking through, and you're not only fighting the fireflies, but you're also fighting the infected, so there's more of a crunch, you know, more, more's at stake at that point. You know? so, yeah. Which, and I was, which I, I mean, <clears throat> which I thought, I thought pedo cannibal cult. That was a crazy. Yeah. That's why I was like, we're not talking it. about that episode. You got to watch it. That was a, yeah. that, like, that was a movie in and of itself. Yeah. Um, eight was better than nine. I, I was I was telling the I was telling Adam at one point I said something to the effect of like Pedro Pascal woke up after he after the fucking fever dream woke up with a vengeance and he also woke up and just decided he was on the set of the Mandalorian and just started fucking just stacking like that the last two episodes he is stacking bodies left and right dude oh yeah yeah well, and you I see really how brutal dig, he can really be. Yeah, yeah, I re- and I really I fucking for once, off. Well, for once we have a main character that don't fucking waste time to allow the bad guy to fucking get an upper hand. Uh, yeah, like, oh, I yeah. believe him. Yeah. Uh and even that point where he shoots Marlene and it's doing the recap and he goes and you know and you see what's really happening and she's like pleading for her life and he's just like you just find a way to find her and just blows her fucking head off and just like, just it stops it there, nips it in the bud. Yeah. You are not a problem anymore. Yeah. And, and I like it, but, but it also shows you the heightened paranoia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I would say there's no witnesses, but he left those nurses alive. I probably would have. Yeah. I would have wanted to. Yeah. Name. I was waiting for him to just straight up, like turn around when, and when they did, them. he just kills them. Well, they're going to yeah, tell just, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that, with them alive, that puts him in danger. He kind of broke his own code there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, and he, he pissed off probably the most organized group outside of the government. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's gonna be a thing. Uh, really glad he didn't die. 
I was yeah. I was waiting because something something that Adam had pointed out was you know, it, and and I'm sure as y'all have discussed it over the past few days as well. His his demeanor changed. Oh yeah, it's almost like Ellie and Joel switched. Yeah, yeah, like. Joel was desensitized at the beginning. He saw all this death. He had no hope. He was just like, fuck everything. And then the kids inspired him to live again. And Ellie was the one that was like, oh, hey, let's go fucking catch butterflies out in this field. And huh, what jokes. But then yeah. at the end, they, they both they both assumed each other's attitude. Like now Ellie's like, I'm kind of mind fucked over what's been going on. And Joel's like, shit, I got a kid again. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, baby girl. So yeah. I, I was I was honestly waiting because I figured it would have been enough of a shocker that like the last five, ten minutes they're walking and fucking just zip something puts him down and that's that's the way it ends. He's he's shot, but he's like he's fucking dead. Right. Like you see breathing stop and she's just like, What? And it's like the last of us. See you next season. Yeah. His talking no, about is kind of giving it away. Yeah. Like, she knows. Oh, yeah. She she yeah. suspects something for sure, right? Oh, yeah. she. You could tell she didn't believe him. But my thing is, what's going to be the consequences of her finding out that he was saving her head from getting cut the fuck open? Well, even the creators, when you watch the thing, they're like, she would have done it. Oh, yeah. To yeah. save the world. Go through all yeah. of that. She would have done it. See, yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. She would want to die, right? But, like, even the guy that made the game's like, nah, she would have wanted to save the world. I mean, she said we went yeah. through all this, you know. But here's my thing. Yeah. He's over here thinking, what if you do all this and it doesn't work? I mean. And then she's just gone. Yeah. 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 It's finally well, happening. And, and like, He's back at square one. Yeah. And another thing, too, is like, you know, Marley, and this is the same thing that happened, you know, in the game and everything, too, as well, is like, she didn't know that this was going to kill her. Until they and got there. And it's like, how? Well, like she, well, until, you know, well, I don't know what happens in the second game, but whenever they're at the hospital, like the, it's almost the same way as in the show. Like she's in surgery and you find out that like the only way for them to extract the, the stuff from her is to kill her. And they don't tell her that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, how much would that have changed? Like, would Joel be able to accept it if she agreed to it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I want to say, I want to think that he would, but I think that like at the same time, like if it didn't work, then he would kill everybody there just on principle. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. They, they've absolutely showed that like, you're going to have to kill Joel to get Ellie away from him. Yeah. Like it's, it's beyond the mission now. Like, and at first, I like whenever they were talking in that last those last few minutes, um, and he was you know he was uh, talking about his daughter, and she kind of looked at him like, uh, have I just has this just has this saving situation turned into a far more fucked up one than it got any of the others? Weird. You know, 
Yeah. But he he kind of he he curved it in the dialogue where he said something to the effect of like y'all have been friends, like you know like he like he starts yeah. pointing out he's like he's like I don't want you like you're you're not her like <laughs> don't yeah. think that. And I was like, okay, smart move, because yeah. anyone no one can deny that in that type of setting, whether it's biological or not, like having a younger child person whatever depend on you. Like you, you're gonna, you know, and, 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 and to the point where you've won yourself over to that cause, uh, yeah, dude, like you're, you'll, you'll, you'll fucking kill everyone in a goddamn building to ensure their safety, which yeah. he did twice. <laughs> like but him, yeah. just him, just straight towering of death up that fucking building to the operating room. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, that and was, that's that, why, it was intense. And that it's it, the reason why I was like that last episode's got to be way longer is just for the fact that like I I really was expecting like they show up everything goes down kind of similar to how it goes down uh in the episode for the most part and then they wake up in the hospital and then there's like there should have been like a wine and dine situation with Joel. That's kind of what I wanted to happen is like he wakes up and it doesn't have to be the chick that says it, but like, you know, whoever is like showing him around. This is what we've been able to accomplish. This is what the fireflies have really been up to, you know, because like he's kind of on the fence with the whole firefly thing, you know, and like the whole time he's always been very like, not really paranoid but like he's like well, are they really doing good or well, not like i like, see you, i see you but i don't fuck with you exactly and it's like it, to me it felt it's always felt like the character of joel hasn't been proven anything by the fireflies so what's the point you know what i mean like what's yeah. the point of him joining up with them and like that's what i've personally would have liked to have seen was like them kind of show him all the good things that have happened, you know, how like this society or this place that they're at isn't as screwed up as like the QZ zones are. And like, this is how they deal with stuff. This is why they're better than, than how the, the government's doing everything. And like, it kind of be like almost an extended thing. And then he's like, well, I want to see her, you know, when's she doing the surgery? So it's like, Oh, she's in there right now. And the only way for this to work is she's going to have to die. And then like a, a, you know, a switch flicks in his head where he's just like all that good shit that you just said went out the window and I'm about to kill every motherfucker in this building. You you know what I mean? And like, yeah, like, the, like you, you want, you wanted, you wanted that violent montage to have more significance. Exactly. And then if there would have also been a situation where like, maybe the hospital is like, in the basement or in the parking garage or whatever, like they've been kind of capturing and holding some of the infected in there to do tests and to do research and stuff on them. Um, even though like it is like a, you know, a hive mind or whatever, so that they can try to dissect it. Like how are, when they extract this and give people a vaccination for it, how do they know that it's going to work to begin with if they don't have something there? Yeah, You know what I mean? So it could have been that situation. Joel goes out, he opens the floodgates for those things to get into the hospital. And he's just walking through there, just fucking people up and infected up until he makes it into that operating room. And then like, 
it should have been that moment where like you like kind of like how it was in the show to an extent where like you couldn't see in the operating room so you don't know what's happening in there or anything yeah. and it'd be that that weird moment where it's like did they do it is she yeah. dead you could were they able to succeed you know when he was going in yeah. you could tell he was worried that it was already too late yeah Oh, good, great facial acting in this ep- in both yeah. episodes, to be honest with you. The, the whole show, really. Um, I would have to argue, though, just, just a little bit. I would argue that coming in on on a back, almost a back-to-back binge watch, um, I could see we're maybe having to wait the week to watch the newest episode. The, the cut to him just fucking him up and everything would seem kind of jarring. But I'd have to say that it, it, it felt it it felt relatively like the pacing didn't feel off right from my right. end because because I'd watched them back to back. But I see what you're saying. And that would well, I waited a week ass. to get an hour and it just not a lot happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, other I, them I, talking I totally get what you were meaning. Now. And feeding the fucking giraffe. Yeah. I'm not saying it was bad. Yeah. It was no, just no, no, like, no. Man, but, but it was. They should have just combined these two. Like if they weren't gonna do. See, yeah, I didn't know yeah. all that. Now that's why Corey was like, kind of left some shit out. Yeah. See, I didn't play the game, so I don't know that. But yeah, they should have done that. There yeah. should have been the fucking threat of the infected yeah. and shit. That would have been, you know. And that whole montage yeah, Ray, was Ray's, just slow motion. Just. Right. It he was just kind of walked through there and the, killed everybody and the, left. The tension. Then well, it was over. I could see. Well, you know, I, I could see where they were trying they were trying to establish dread with that. Yeah. But I I agree, it kind of fell flat. Well, and at the same time, like you don't give a shit if the fireflies die or not. No. I mean, not not really. Like there there there's Long you only Nelly they've only <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They've only booked like the if I'm not mistaken, I think the fireflies have like their presence literally bookends the show. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how it is. Like in the game, you'll see marks and stuff from the fire. You know, the symbol with the yeah. Their presence is there, but yeah, it's yeah. not like you're you're constantly talking to firefly people all the time. Yeah, and and Joel has very much a similar demeanor where he's like, I work with them when I have to. I don't trust them. It's you know, how are they any better than the government and all this kind of stuff? And like in the game, whenever you're talking to the doctor at the end, the doctor does kind of make you a little bit more sympathetic to the fireflies plot and their calls because it's like we're actively trying to look for a cure and help people and not just like oppress everybody and this that and the other but the way that we're going to have to do this is to kill the girl you know yeah so it's well, you, I mean, you know but but that 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 creates a, a great moral quandary in the setting because like that's obviously something that no one would be okay with and you know that yeah. like like in a world shot to shit type of scenario um but yeah man um so this was the finale oh it's oh yeah the yeah that's um, it there was nine i gotta say i thoroughly enjoyed it man didn't didn't i didn't I, i'm like i'm like adam i came in cold off no game play none of that um and i enjoyed it and I still stand by my my not argument, my opinion that this show in nine episodes or just one season has outdone The Walking Dead in droves. 
Oh yeah, absolutely, man. And like at the end of the day, I think it's still one of the best video game adaptations that we've ever gotten. Like I, I still, I still think that I just feel like maybe if I sit down and watch it all in one go, like, like you watching both the episodes back to back, Trav, like I can understand where like, because that whole cannibal rape thing is like so fucked up, you know? And just so out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is so just. Like you, you knew you knew someone was gonna show up to deal with that shit from earlier, yeah. But nothing on that scale. And the minute that, and uh, the the minute uh, it cut to them being like, "Hey, uh, um, we're running low on food," and blah blah blah. Excuse me. And it cuts to the dining scene, and it kept showing the plates of food. Yeah. And I'm like, let me guess, they're having stew. For dinner, yeah. I knew when that <laughs> like, woman, when he brought that deer back there, and she said, "What is it?" He just pauses and he goes, "Venison." Yeah, I was like, "They're eating yeah. fucking people." Yeah. Oh man! I mean, and then you, you wouldn't get have a get... choice at some point. I mean, I get it, but well, I mean, uh, did it have to be I, the Bible thumpers? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. Uh, what's that? What's that? What's that movie we were talking about several months ago? Where, uh. They're on that mountain. They get snowed in. They ha- like you know the fucking like. Oh, we're the trapped on party. Something like that, but uh, I mean, I mean, come on, hunger plus snow always equals cannibalism, yeah. guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's almost a trope at this point, especially if they're know? already oh, dead. Ab- I mean, absolutely. The ground's too hard. We got to wait till spring to bury them. It's it was like, cool whoa, to see. Okay. Uh, they do the little flashback to how she got infected. And the, yeah. the woman in the show, which kind of looks like her, looks like it could be her mom. That's the woman that played uh, Illy in the game. No shit. Really? Yeah. You always watch the little that's thing good. at the end of the episode, and they were like, that's the woman that played her in the game. I guess did the voice. I mean, they look very <laughs> they look like, Yeah, she's got that jaw. Yeah, they, yeah. Like that. I saw her... Yeah. I saw when they um the the one little tidbit that I that I picked up on I guess I think I saw a, a, a shot picture comparison on Twitter I think but uh you know the cover of the last of us uh they 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 kind of do a quick reference to it when she's behind the bars when she breaks dude's fingers oh yeah like the the, the way she looks on that in the cover of the other game it's just, it's like a you know yeah but no, like I said, it's still one of the best adapted video game anything that I've ever seen. And like, I'm excited to see season two and how it plays out. Like, I haven't played the second game yet. Like, I plan on at some point playing it. But I'm interested to see because they made some pretty significant changes there at the end. So I'm interested to see if that, if and how that's going to play out differently if it is, you know? Well, I, I would I would think it will be differently just to keep it a different experience for you from the game. Yeah. And vice versa, like say if me or Adam one decided we were just gonna play the game, we would be able to still enjoy an experience, still hit those landmarks that we know are coming, but you know, still have something offered up because like that would be that would you know, not knowing necessarily that 
the push on the uh, hospital at the end from Joel was also met with infected combat like that. That would have been a nice, you know, old yeah. touch. Yeah, yeah. Like, like whenever like like playing through the game, you're like, oh shit, like this is happening too. Okay, like yeah. here's where we are. Well, and not only that, but like whenever you're playing through the game and everything, like you, ha- they cut a, a lot of the 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 game kind of plays out. You know how Batman like the Arkham games play out where you'll go into a room and there'll be henchmen in there and you can't progress to the next room until you take all the henchmen out type situation. Yeah. You got to clear the board. There's situations like that, that pop up with the infected, but you're, you're not trying to take them out. You're trying to sneak around them. Oh, so like the the stealthy aspect of the game. It's a lot more stealth based than action based. The gameplay is like, of course there is a lot of shootout. Well, I mean, well, truth be told, 90% of any gameplay I've ever seen on the last of us, the character is crouched. Yeah. (laughs) The character is always crouched. They're always, they're always crouched around a corner by yeah. a wall like don't matter they could be out in a the field they're crouched so I, yeah. I i totally i totally get that they you know it can't just be solid stake the show yeah um but <laughs> yeah I, i'm interested to see to see more though but oh, for yeah. real like just go pull up any arbitrary gameplay of the last of us that fun motherfuckers crouched joel knees hurting at the end of the game you know <laughs> he's like shit me aching joints yeah. Well, for that the show, I'm going to give it a full star. I mean, even though like the last episode, I was hoping for a little bit more umph. I I, I still loved it, and yeah. I definitely want to watch more and and rewatch this season as well. Yeah. Um, I I give it a star as well. I think, and 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 I'll add on to this this sentiment. Uh, later on during the movie review um this show i was expecting i mean fuck let's just address the elephant in the room there's no like it's not as woke as i thought it was going to be and by woke i mean agenda pushing of any kind i don't care what the whatever whatever message i i i thought i was going to get more of that just because of HBO, Hollywood, all that shit. And I, that was a small bit of dread I had, but I was surprised at how toned down it was and more like, let's just try to tell a good story. That's not to say that it didn't have its moments, and those are moments that I neither give a shit about anyway, but I do notice it because it gets brought up on just about every other review outlet that's out there like it's almost like it's it's a lot of these other reviews just solely rely on just breaking this stuff down and just not like just because something happens that has you know an almost agenda ish uh motive to it um it didn't ruin it for me and it didn't stain the overall story to a degree that I felt like it didn't feel unnecessary. Well, they didn't add anything that wasn't already in the game. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's where like, even like the beginning when it first opened and they were like global warming clip, I was like, Oh, it's like, well, that's, (laughs) that's part of the, 
Yeah. You know, explanation in the game. They just kind of, you know, then like, talked about it a little more. but And then three episodes later, it's, I'm a dude. You're a dude. She's a dude. And we're all dudes. Hey. And then it cuts to, you know. And, and the thing is, is that, like, if you're going to, if you're going to have stories that have uh, progressive ideologies and, you know, alternate lifestyles and stuff like that, those are not the problem and they have never been the problem and they will never be the problem. The problem will be the way they're written. And it's, and, and, and it's the same, and I don't say it as if it's just one concept that people fuck up with writing. It's it's the same type of sin you see in all other types of stuff. Mm-hmm. Any any kind of like it could be any or anything that breaks the fact that you're watching a much larger, more important story happening. But we're gonna take, I don't know, fifteen to twenty minutes of screen time on this expensive ass show to make a point to show you this message because we think this message. And that's got no place in entertainment. Not anymore. I don't think so. But but all in all, I enjoyed it, yeah. Full star. Glad it wasn't wide-eyed woke. Knock at the cabin, though. Banger. My, 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 my buggy shoes. Guys, this movie was original as fuck, and I loved it. Yeah. Them not making a comeback. Yeah. Old, uh, uh, you know, like, I'm not saying he's been complete dog shit, but, you know, he had his time there where it got weird. Well, Avatar told, well, Avatar was his third act. He had to go back to his roots. Yeah. Do the recoup. (laughs) It's like, stick to your movie. And now we got the, but now we got the Shyamalanazans. Yeah. Like I'm not um, really I don't really want to see him direct other people's stuff. I want to see him do well, his stuff. Based off of this was based like old was based off of a graphic novel and this was based off of a novel. Yeah. Well like but, Avatar. I, I think not even that, man. Yeah. Well, I mean not even that. I think this movie highlights the fact that like it is a meme to shit on him. Oh yeah, for sure. But people forget that the guy's a very capable director and he's a very good storyteller. He was yeah. able to tell you a lot with not a lot in this movie. Well, and that's the best thing that Shyamalan has been best, like where he's excelled. I mean, look at signs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Signs, signs was like fear mongering the movie almost, you know what I mean? Like you'd until the very end of the movie, it was all hearsay. You're watching hearsay play out in real time, but the way that it was written and directed and acted out, and it extends to the rest of the stuff that he's done. It's like with M Night, the less is more because it really allows his his script and his writing to like, and just the the unknown grow more and more. Like in this, when he's like, you have to make a decision. They both say no. They kill Ron Weasley, and then they cut the TV on for a second. Oh, and then, dude, when he looks at them and he goes, "Don't you fucking look away," and puts that yeah. bag over his head, dude, like that, that 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 creeped me out. Shit like that creeps me out. Yeah, but like they're in this secluded cabin in the middle of nowhere, 
Like they turn the TV on. They, you see what's happening. The tides are rising. There's tsunamis and all this other shit going on. And then the TV shut off. And then it's like, is that real? Like, well, I, is the, I like that for everything that they would show them at first, they had a logical reasoning behind it. Like, dude was like, no, nah, man, they fucking knew this. Like, they, they, they tried to keep it, you know, they, he, they played into the, are these people just a fucked up suicide cult? Yeah. But, uh, to, 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 to borrow from Adam, the twist of this movie was that there wasn't a twist. It was fucking real. Yeah, right. And I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's just because of the region of the world that we grew up in, but religious shit strikes a chord with me, dude. And it just, yeah. it, it, you want to creep me out? Give me some biblical stuff. Whether or <laughs> yeah. not, like, I mean, just because, like, it's, because it's, it's, it's a realistic depiction of the apocalypse. You're going to cut the TV on, you're going to see this weird shit happening and you have no context as to why. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not going to directly affect you whatsoever, especially yeah. us, at least us anyway. But it's, but it's, it's fear and do like the concept of a real manifest manifestation of the wrath of God is ab- whether you are a believer or not is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. It's supposed right. to be terrifying, you know? Like, I mean, it's the fear of God. Yeah, that's what you're getting. Yeah. You're getting a good fucking 10 cc dose of that shit. Yeah. Um, and, it re- and dude, like, drawing parallels from this movie to and, like, how they experienced everything and how you had these conversations happening back and forth between, like, the two main characters and also between the two main characters and Batista's character where it's like, well, this isn't real. How creepily similar was this for us in the real world and where we live at whenever COVID was happening? Yeah. Like, or, to the, a, or the earthquake in Turkey. Yeah, exactly. To a fucking T, man. Instead, like, of the, instead of the planes falling, we've got the train derailments. Yeah. Part of humanity I mean, has been judged. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. that was, and that was always creepy, dude. Whenever they'd be like, he's like, are you willing to make a sacrifice? No. And then they'd do the, and they'd bag up and they'd be like, part of humanity has been judged. And then when Batista does it, he goes, all of humanity has been judged. Yeah. And I really dug the way they took the camera work to push the PG-13 rating. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, off, off camera stuff is more disturbing than... Yeah seeing it like you you barely see a little bit of batista's throat cut at the end yeah um you never see the blades make contact with the 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 other people which i think one thing this movie has going for it is that it's the most original depiction of the four horsemen yes and i loved i loved that idea yeah I, i thought it was cool how even the the horsemen didn't know that what they were. Yeah, right. No, dude, I I agree a hundred percent. And it's it's so well done and so original. Like it makes me want to read the book. Oh, absolutely. Because like I, and it's like how how often does this happen? You know, like if if this was a real situation, a real scenario, how often does this happen? We're like there's two chosen people that have to make a sacrifice 
and the four horsemen show up and like throughout time yeah throughout time this has happened over and over and over and over again but we just don't know anything about it like your average normal person just has no idea well and and you're choosing people don't know this for sure but they're probably not religious right so that's even more of a like whoa like you really got to have some faith to yeah you know this movie was rated r by the way that he chose to just do that so the fact that he could yeah the fact that he chose that over because like dude in my mind that was awesome you know when you see it it's like oh yeah that's what that looks like but in your mind you know you're like oh yeah it's more ghastly i guess to give it a good turn the the creepiest part to me was whenever the chick that had the son the yeah. the waitress or the cook or whatever mm-hmm. like she she has her thing and then you just see in the background batista just cut her head off with that thing yeah like you can just see the silhouette of it happening and then he picks the body up and takes it in the other room and it's just like this is so fucked up man and like how it affected him after that first one happened how it affected him as a per he went in there he threw up you know like yeah. he doesn't understand what you know like they don't understand what's going on, but they, there's a clear mission. Well, like you're seeing, on. you're seeing the final chain of a long, longer length fence that you have no idea or context as to how it got to this link. Like yeah. those people's story, like how did they, how did they come? Like they, they tell you obviously they, they fucking had dreams. They went to the pier, but like seeing them going through their journey to realize, all right, guess this is what we got to do. Yeah. And I, and I'm glad that they didn't flesh that out more. Maybe it does in the book, who knows, but I like that. I really enjoyed that. They gave us enough exposition to explain what's happening. Just fucking enjoy the ride. Yeah. And I think Hollywood's lacking this tremendously right now. Everything is, Everything is either tied down to a shared universe where you need to have watched six, 10, 20 other movies, or you have a two and a half hour slog fest where it's where 40 minutes of exposition is broken up throughout the movie talking about shit that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like by the time the third or fourth act comes along and the resolution hits, what they were talking about in the diner about fucking, oh, you shouldn't have worn magenta tonight. Like that, 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 <laughs> that, that whole scene doesn't fucking matter. Did y'all and, notice how oh, like, when I, they would do the, the person that would be talking to him, you know, like uh, Ron was like, I'm so scared that fucking, he's putting that thing on his yeah. head, which was turned inside out. Uh, the rest of them weren't, but I just noticed it. But, um, it was like the others like had something come over them. The yeah. way they would line up and yeah, it was very ritualistic. Like, and then you know at the first beginning you see that thing in the mirror, the light. When the first mm-hmm. one dies, and they were like, "Well, that's your concussion. You know, you got hit in the head." That was clever. That was a clever use of being able to be like, "Eh, unreliable now, or unreliable." Yeah, because yeah. until you start seeing the shit on the news, it's like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. And they had that many planes are in the sky and but, that proximity. Yeah, that was fucked up. <laughs> but like, you know, like if put yourself in that situation. 
put you put you in there with your wife, both of you. Yeah. These people show up and say that. What are you? You're not gonna. Fuck no. Hell no. I'm not killing. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Now, like... when fire starts falling <laughs> from the sky, yeah, it's like, all right, one of us has got to go. Fucking kill me. Yeah. And the other uh, one has to do run. it. You can't yeah. just kill yourself. You have yeah. to get the yeah. other one to do it. Yeah. Well, well I mean, like, suicide's a sin. Well, I thought they well, were going to be crazy like, we haven't been... had this girl that long. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were, well, like, there's little, little subtle stuff to irked me more than the, the, some of the violence. Uh, and it, it's just little sequences where, like, if you're invested in the film, like, obviously, when everything's said and done and dude gets to their vehicle and in the back seat, you see all the confirmation, yeah. like all those people were telling the truth. There was a teacher. That, 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 that was sad. That yeah. was like fucked up. Yeah. And then, uh, even so much to the point where when they get free from their bindings and they go out to the back porch where Batista, he sits down. Yeah. And he just looks at him and he goes, well, when this is over with, well, you're not going to have much time. Yeah. Like he's just like I already know what your decision is. Yeah, it sucks that they all had to die to Yeah. Five people total. Um but they saved the world. Yeah, when they go in that diner at the end and everybody's watching the news. Cause that's the way yeah. it would be. Yeah. The end of the world will be televised. You know, everybody'll be sitting there watching it play out. Yeah. And it just stopped. All those planes falling. And and well like little little things too, like you know, um the the boogie shoes reference. Like when they get like when it's over with and they get back in, they get in the car, dude cuts the radio on, I guess to assume he's gonna hear more news, you yeah. know. But that song's playing and he just cuts it off. Yeah. Like well, the, the, the exact the thing, way it's like Dude's not, he's gone. Like he's not in this world anymore, but you'll see him again. It's okay. Yeah. yeah it, it would, it would confirm so much. It's going to be okay. It would confirm a lot. Yeah. Well, like even the, well, like even the moment where the kid tries to cut the radio on and cuts it off, like, yeah, you're right. This is, this ain't, it feels wrong. And then they just cut it on because they're like, you know what? Like, like you were saying, like, they're going to see well, him like again. A sign. They know that. I thought that was maybe from yeah. him. Like that was. Yeah. yeah. I'm still here. It's, we did the I, right I thing. took it as like. Yeah. I, I took it as a sign. And I also took it as like. We've seen like all the, all the screwed up shit that we've seen over the past three years. Right. And it's like the world is just continuing to spin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the pandemic was awful. How many people lost their life because of that? The world keeps spinning. Yeah, we'll, we'll the, never the truly Ukraine, know the number. Exactly the the Ukraine Russia stuff's happening. The world's still spinning. The Turkey stuff's happening. The world's still spinning. Like with you know, even back in the day, nine eleven happened. Like it, for us, for me, it felt like the world stopped in that moment because everything everywhere all the time was news about yeah. what's happening, what's going on. 
but now with the way that news is just like, oh, it's here and then it's gone. Yeah. What happened to the UFOs? It, exactly. It's like, like a it's, week. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The news cycle is crazy. It's a, yeah. The way that we consume news now and the compared to like 20 years ago is just. Well, even, well, even then though, it was like, it became such a dominant part of your life when you had anything on like a radio, TV, whatever that we knew that was there and yeah, we're going to go swimming and get some pizza tonight and we'll come, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, ha- I, I remember that. I remember our, res- I remember the world, like, or at least the country's response was very much like, guess we're going back over there. Yeah. Was, on the schools, you know, turning the news on every school. Yeah. 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 I mean, had the I news mean, on they the TV happened, the obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah, time stopped it there that day for sure. But with to everybody in, in remembers relation, where they were when the world stopped turning. Yeah. yeah. On that September day. All right, Alan. I mean he wrong. <laughs> no, he's not. Everyone no. knows. If you were alive, but, uh, you know where you were at. But yeah, man, it's it's like and what's crazy is what this movie ends up being about and all that stuff you have no idea going in cold no idea you could watch no. the trailer you still don't know well and the trailer lays it out you have to make a decision or the world's going to end but they but like no allusions to why like what yeah. the horseman stuff the metaphor all that yeah and i thought that was like it's Making things biblical, like that, like this is a good way of utilizing that without going full God mode. Yeah, without being preachy. Yeah, and I and I I love when there's stories like this where you know some hand of God stuff happens and they just leave it at that. Like it's like that you cannot like divine intervention in a way. Yeah. Uh, like think about movies with that stuff. Like even as far back as like Pulp Fiction, where it's just like, yeah, this happened, man. Like yeah. make up what you think it is, but this is what it is. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I'm I'm a sucker for those types of uh, horror stories or suspense or thrillers. I don't know how you want to categorize that. I'm not trying to shit on anyone or anything, but you know, it it, it was a a very surprisingly good film. In my opinion, yes. I, I can't believe the scores are what they are on it because I saw them and they yeah. were they weren't poor, but they weren't great. They were they were pretty lackluster, and I think that's just a lot of that is that the state like I could see where a religious person would watch this movie and feel pissed off that they took something and and, and made it what it is. But on the other hand, I could see a fundamentalist watching this going, "That's exactly what's going to happen." Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the whole of Hollywood that don't want to touch religion at all. And I can see where that's the big factor here. Cause it's like, man, like they don't make, they don't make movies where you have a mysterious thing go down and they're not going to bother explaining to you what that is. It's God and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. They don't like, they don't like doing that. They want to have an explanation now for literally every aching detail. And if you don't have that detail, it gives like 50 fucking content creators something to make a fucking 10 minute bitch fest about. 
Well, and it's not only that, but it's like the way that Hollywood and the majority of the world reacts to stuff like that, like this now is it's like, well, that can't happen. And it's like, okay, well, it's a movie. Yeah, but it's so unrealistic. And I'm like, how is that more unrealistic than a group of superheroes finding magic rocks and jumping through a fucking portal (laughs) that takes them back in time to kill an alien that snapped his fingers and five years previous to this and made half of the population of the entire universe disappear. My point exactly, Griffin. I mean, like, yeah, I get it. It's religion and everybody wants to chalk religion up to fairy tales. We'll buy into the fairy tale. What the fuck is Peter Pan? What the fuck is the little mermaid? They're fairy tales. And if you think that they're fairy tales, then buy into the fairy tale of it and enjoy it for what it is. If and you I think, think that there's some real bias behind it, or if there's some reality behind it, then view it from that perspective. But like, don't dismiss it as it's inferior media because it's dealing with something that I don't know. A lot of people still believe. I agree. Over and half I the think world. that, yeah. And I think that, I think it, it all, it all boils down to how, how people perceive religion now, like it, it, it's really, and, and this is coming from someone who's not pr- particularly that religious, but even I can see it. But I also think too, with movies like this, like if you think about it, a lot of people that work in Hollywood, from writers to producers, directors, all of that, most of those people come from no-name places like where we're from. Yeah. And they've had it crammed down their fucking throat. And they want to get away and they want (laughs) to get away from it. Yeah. And a movie like this with an ending like this, it strikes a chord that is what suspense stuff is supposed to do. And it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Yep. Look at red state. Absolutely. And that's the thing. This movie did a fantastic job at making you feel uncomfortable Never mind the actual like what's going on in the film and the you know the the death and violence of it, but when the true meaning of what's happening is finally revealed in the film, I think that's a chord that really unsettles a lot of people, and it's because of you know like I said all, like a lot of them come from probably towns that had predominantly Christian roots and just growing up as a child, having to go to, you know, hear the, hear about religion, hear about all those crazy things that went on in whatever text that person may or may not have been indoctrinated with. Like, that stuff, that stuff will live with you for the rest of your life. And when you see stuff that strikes chords like that, it's going to make you feel a little like, Ugh, like that's rough, that's icky. Well, and people attribute, because this has been something that's always been drilled into my head, is like if you watch something like this that strikes a chord and it makes you feel some kind of way, then it's always, for the most part, been explained as like, well, that's God talking to you, you know. Mm-hmm. And people that people that come from those parts of the world, like we come from, and they see these things play out and they feel the way that they feel about it, they feel uneasy about it. They don't want to feel like that there's a higher power out. They moved yeah. away from that. They moved away from the feeling of what, what would be considered the feeling of quote unquote God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's like, they don't want to have that challenge. They don't want to have that presented anymore because 
what if it's real like that and that's the the classic absolutely what if it's real and it was used effectively in this exactly dude it was used so effectively without pulling a single bible out without quoting a single verse yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like they nothing there was nothing other than we're the four horsemen like and they didn't even say they were the four like that's what and that that's was what, well when the well, when the dude when the dude was telling him like when he was like I'm convinced like I, I need to go like we need we need to we we need to do this we need to come through with it yeah and he's explaining to him he goes they were the four horsemen and they came here to shut like to to get to know us and yeah. show us where they're coming from their yeah. perspective how they're feeling about it because it's almost like uh. Shyamalan uh, took this twist where it's like, <laughs> God, uh, he 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 utilized the um, the idea that even the horsemen, when they get summoned, they're not gonna know why. They're gonna have to be convinced that they are who they are as well. Yeah. And I thought that was a very interesting take on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and with, you know, very good camera work. I loved that. I, that's so badass that it was rated R, but he artistically chose yeah. to film it like PG thirteen, yeah. and I think it worked. It worked so like well, and it shows you that, like, dude, you can you can do so much with so little. Yeah, it it ticked all the boxes for me, man. Like, I enjoy watching things like that's kind of like around religion. That's not like religion being crammed down your throat. And then also like the isolated, you know, quote unquote cabin film, you know, or whatever, like Mm -hmm. it, it checks so many boxes for me. And the whole idea of like, is this really happening? Is it not? And then whenever you see the planes there falling out of the sky and you see the darkness, like surrounding the earth when the clouds start to form, you start seeing the ground get lit up by lightning and everything. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like this is, this is absolute supernatural shit going down. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it, man. Yeah. I, uh, there, there, there's, I think I want an explanation for some of these people in their journeys in the story. But I think that's one of the hallmarks that makes it good is that when you can watch a film and want more of some aspect and know that you're not going to get it, that makes that movie much like this movie is going to have rewatchability now. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, because like the minute he was like, I thought I saw something and I was like, I saw the light whenever it was happening. Mm-hmm. But I was like, now I kind of want to, like, I, I was almost tempted to pause the movie, back it up and see if I could see something. Like, I, you know, I was like, I got heavily invested in all the, the characters, the story, all of that. And I even, <clears throat> I even like that, that they made you doubt whether or not Ron Weasley was the guy at the bar that assaulted yeah. dude. Yeah. And his, and and I like the dichotomy of the two leads. I like yeah. that the, I like that the one guy from Mindhunter, he was like, 
all right, you know, you know, he was trying to understand everything mm-hmm. yeah. and try to have a sense of reason, but his partner was like, very much, yeah, yeah, the gun ho, I'm it a victim, fuck like this, never again. You could tell he came from that kind of background. Like when they go meet his family, yeah, his family kind of seemed kind of, you know, clean cut, yeah. probably religious. Right. Maybe not so much the other guy. I don't know. But... Yeah. You and can my, definitely then, tell. Oh, go ahead. When they looked at the license, like it was the guy from the bar, right? Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. So that was another test there by sending him. You know, yeah. it's like, what's this fucking guy? It's like, yeah, but this shit's happening. I mean, he picked him for a reason. Yeah. You, yeah. you have to choose. Well, that, but that's like, that's him atoning for his sin there, really. Yeah. Like he died, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he was sacrificed for this. So, and, and like what I was saying a second ago, it's like, you can definitely see how these two, these two characters <clears throat> went through similar, they went through similar trials and tribulations growing up being homosexual, but in different ways. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they were, they were both like chastised for being gay but they both dealt with it in different ways and like they both processed it in different ways. And you can like absolutely see that whenever you see their reaction to this situation, you know what I mean? And how they handled the situation as a whole. And like that's character, like that's writing on a whole nother level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you can see their trauma coming through in the way that they handle the situation like it's yeah and whenever i saw that light for the first time i may be wrong but i saw it looked like someone was standing in it or was there another light that happened where it looked like someone was like you like whenever he looked into it it looked like there was like the outline of a person like standing it was like the spirit of god or something yeah yeah and I may be wrong. It may have happened in a separate part of the movie, or it may have been like whenever, because there was well, there a were couple two, of lights. There, there were there were two distinct sequences I recall where the light got like J.J. Abrams type of flare going on. Yeah, it, it was it one. It wasn't blue. <laughs> it was it was one <laughs> right. It was one where um where where the the horsemen are all lined up and you see that mirror behind them and it's the one that I think he references when he's telling yeah. his dude he's like hey man I yeah. I seen some shit something. earlier and I think it yeah there was that and then I remember is the profile shot where it's sideways where it's the window to like his to behind him that was happening again now I don't know if that was really showing us like the concussion thing cuz they were really you know, remi- constantly reminding you, yeah, he got knocked the fuck out. Like, yeah, but, but uh, dude, I it, loved it. I mean, and dude, for a, an hour and a half, yeah. I mean, in and out, yeah. I mean, bang for your buck, my man, yeah. Batista, <clears throat> dude. Batista playing, and that that was one thing that uh, I was talking to Corey about, Corey and Garbo about last night a little bit. It's like. The way that, like, Batista, the character that he played was so fascinating. Because it's like, you have this person that is huge, but he was just the most 
calm, Humble. respectful. Like, yeah, dude. He's, well, he was playing a good gentle giant. Yeah, exactly, dude. Even though he was not gentle at all. No. And like his his reactions to to a lot of those things were so human. Like Absolutely. he is like he is the epitome of like kind of like the epitome of like the best person in the on the planet at that point. Like he 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 works with kids, he helps, you know, these underprivileged kids out. He's a teacher. He's all this stuff. Like, and you know, he's a bartender. He has multiple jobs, like helping out who knows what in his family, like helping them try to get by this, that, and the other, like he is the most humble down to earth person in the entire movie. He's also three times bigger than anybody else on this set. And he, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he could have ripped the door off. Like like, like any of those, like he could have gotten in there by himself. Oh yeah, for sure. And that conversation when he first shows up and he's talking to the girl. Yeah, dude, that was creepy, but like well delivered, man. Dude, and the thing is, is like when he shows up for the first time and they start talking, I'm like, this this could get creepy. Yeah. But his delivery made it so not creepy. You know well, what I like, mean? Yeah, and there's something I've noticed with Batista. I really feel like they want to keep him minimal dialogue. Yes. So that his delivery is more impactful, which works. But, you know, outside of Army of the Dead, where it's just, you know, guns, zombies, heavy metal, you know, that shit. Uh, I wish, because everyone's like, man, Batista delivers a powerful performance. And you watch a movie and you're like, wow, he was only in it for three fucking minutes. Yeah, like, but I, I want, I want, I want them to let that actor have the next step in his opportunities, and I want him to have a, a drama movie where he carries that whole goddamn film himself. Yeah, absolutely. I think the guy's totally capable of it, and the dudes, he is, the, he, he's, he seems openly vocal, vocal about wanting to be that actor. Yes. Yeah. So much so that he's constantly lighting up his social media like, man, I don't want to play this fucking movie. I turned down these roles because I don't want to be a fucking beefcake for it in every goddamn movie. Like, I want, I want to be, I want to show range, damn it. You even said yeah. he wanted to direct too, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember reading something about that. Yeah, yeah. give him a shot, man. He's come a long Dude, way oh, yeah. since wrestling. That's so, sure. so something. Something that, that I was meaning to run this by y'all. Something I noticed when I was watching this movie. And it got me thinking about old. That started making me thinking about just M. Night Shyamalan's movies in general. Whether they be original or adapt, adaptations. Outside of Avatar. Because we all know Avatar is what it is. It's his, it, it, it's, it's his one. Everyone has the one. And uh, that's his. But that aside... Part of me can't shake the feeling that Jordan Peele has been ripping M. Night Shyamalan off <laughs> the whole time. Well, he definitely pulls a lot of inspiration from him. You can tell like, that, like to the point where it's almost not an influence. And it's not the and it's it's I'm I, I'm not shitting on Jordan Peele's movies at all. They're good, but. You could put either one of these directors' names on either of those films, and 
I I feel like you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. No, I get that. And and yeah, I think that he pulls way more inspiration whether he wants to admit it or not from Shyamalan. And I think that there's a lot of people that like kind of grew up watching those first core Shyamalan movies that uh pull inspiration from him whether they want to admit it or not you anyone know? over the age of 30 has watched the sixth sense yeah i mean i mean it was dude i see dead people was the line for years oh that's part yeah. of pop culture it was a joke for years yeah people that, that haven't a, yeah. seen the movie know where that's from yeah so I mean, he yeah. So Sh- Shyamalan is absolutely part of the pop culture tapestry. Yeah. Uh, even with stuff like uh, like, I still think one of the best movies he's ever done is Unbreakable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I mean, the sequels are what they are, but off just movie one, whatever you want to call it, of of all of his and stuff, like his just original ideas and shit. Unbreakable was bad fucking ass. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm so happy Shemwan's back, man. Like every, the last couple of movies that he's come out with since Avatar have been, in my opinion, like just classic Shemwan, you know? Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed and, this. I've enjoyed this return to form for him. Yes. I'm very happy with, with what he's doing and everything. And I loved it. I want to read the book. I looked it up on Amazon, 280 pages. So I'm sure of course that there's some differences that's, and whatnot, but that's a quick I mean, that's, read. Yeah. That's an afternoon dude. Yeah. So, uh, I definitely want to peep that, but yeah, man, I loved it. Batista, Batista needs to be cast in a Nolan Tarantino something. I want him to be someone that delivers the answers to a film. Like yes. sci-fi movie, uh, some sort of weird metaphysic movie where some shit goes down and like you're in this room and he's in a suit and tie and he's like, you might want to sit down. Yeah. Like he can deliver those very factual, but like, you know, like you were saying, like the way he delivered when he was talking to the kid, it's very like, you know, you, you could tell he's trying to be personable. Yes. He's got a good low and slow. Yeah. 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 You nailed it, man. He's, he's, he's good at the low and slow. And you can't help but like him. Yeah. And I mean, and I mean, dude, if, if I would argue he would make one of those, speaking of slow and low, he would make one of those really good villains that slow and lows where he's like, here's the thing. Yeah. Let me be real with you. Like a Bond villain almost. You're going to you tell know? me, you're going to tell me this, this, and this, or everyone you know, everyone that you've ever loved, they're dead. They're fucking dead. Or, you know, deliver it in far more eloquence and terror than I did. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah, dude, full star. Um, I will own this movie more more than likely. Yes, 100%. So, uh Mandalorian. Um I 
I've enjoyed it so far. Like they, I wasn't expecting them to get into like Mandalore this fast. Oh. Uh, right. <laughs> but they, and this well, thing, hey, that, the, the volume's a hell of a thing, baby. He says you need yeah. a new drone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not a toy. Quit. Fun yeah. fact. <laughs> that was funny. That, that droid that they got. Uh, it's it it has its own story like R two D two like it's been around since a New Hope. Hell yeah. Uh, I think it was also no, I think so far back as I think it even showed up either in the prequels or maybe in the Clone Wars. I'm not sure, but it yeah. it's got. I saw it somewhere, but the, yeah, it's it's the it's a it's one of those things where you've seen that droid in other medium. Right. This thing that captured him. Whoa. Oh, the beast? Yeah, dude. Yeah, did you notice that its head, it kind of looks like the way they do their helmets? Yeah. When you see its head, it's like, oh, it's like a Mandalorian. It just kind of what they based their whole thing on. It just occurred to me that season one of The Mandalorian is the same plot as season one of The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, more or less, right? (laughs) No, he rolls up on the hospital. The fucking doctors are trying to cut up Grogu. Mando fucking goes commando. <laughs> commando, Mando. Commando, Mando, dude. And full Comanche fucking space Comanches on him. Like, but yeah, dude, like the pacing is breakneck. Like, I was not expecting to show up on this fucking planet already. Glad no. we are. That means there's way more story going on than we thought. But. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm down. I wonder if that chick's gonna put her helmet back on, because she's I mean, like, "There's no beast, none of that shit happened." Then they go down there and she sees it. Yeah, she's like, like when she that. came up out of there though, she just looked shook. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, there was a beast. Yeah, and it fucked Mando up. <laughs> what well, are we gonna do? We know. Well, we now know Grogu's getting stronger. He's not getting tuckered out every time he uses the Force. Yeah. How cool is that, that eye, thing, motherfucker? Yeah. I was, the, that was, it was crazy when, like, in my mind, whenever, uh, whenever uh, Mando takes out his first form and the head detaches itself, I'm like, get the head, get the head, get the yeah, head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, stop it, it on remind, that bitch. It reminded me of the thing. Yeah. It was kind of like a throwback to that to me, you know, like, I was like, okay. Now, I don't know about you guys, but they went up and down that mine shaft so goddamn many times yeah. in that episode, which it made me wonder. And it was something I actually talked to about with Corey at work one day. Um, it would be interesting because they made a point to show you Grogu traversing that yeah. several times, uh, and having those moments where. He was scared of that one creature that was luring in one of the sewer things or whatever. And that final time when they're on their way back to Mando with Bo-Katan, she looks at him and is like, you know, you thought your dad was the only Mandalorian, this, that, and the other. Um, like, they, like both of them kind of give, give Grogu the you-gotta-be-brave speech. Yeah. And I was like, man, how fitting would it be if... Grogu is like if they restore Mandalore if that's where they put Grogu instead of killing him off in Luke's temple yeah whenever uh 
the sequels happen. Um, what if we have it to where Grogu is like a custodian of the mines to the living waters and stuff? Like that would that would be kind of cool, man. Because that you know, because yeah, because I because I'm trying to think, man. There's there's no way they could make a character that's that popular and that much of a cash cow right now suffer that fate. Yeah. No, no way. No way. I'm excited though. I'm excited for the rest of it. But yeah, I was expecting them to to wait until at least like two, maybe three more episodes before they get on the Mandalore. And then like he's like, nah. He's like, this is this is the this star is map. map. Yeah. Learn the star map. This is where Bo Katan was like Make sure you, that you memorize this so whenever I get trapped later, you can fly the ship back over there yeah. and pick her ass well, up. Well, thank God they had the right. droid. I mean. Yeah, right. She well, was like, it can I'll, even navigate. Well, I like that it was showing that that not like it's it's not just the father-son dynamic that they got they got going on right now, but they're really driving home that that Mando is completely committed to the Mandalorian way of life. Yeah. Like he gives a shit about that. Right. Not just jam. Uh, he's well, he he's well like it, what's crazy is he's he's a holy man. Like he he believes in his society's uh, ideas and traditions and all of that. And so much so that he's willing to to do what he did to go down to the waters, all that stuff. But that every foundling, like he's teaching that he's teaching Grogu the ways of a Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and it's going to be interesting if that's what the title really is about. It's not Din Djarin. That's the Mandalorian. It's fucking Grogu. Yeah. Because whole... we're, we're 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 literally watching this character become a Mandalorian, you know. Yeah. The whole time, I'm I'm just thinking, I come from the water. <laughs> <laughs> I come from the water. Yeah. No, it's gonna be great whenever they like if they teach Grogu some like if he knows some natural language that his race has or something. We get some moment where Grogu's older and they have to change the animatronic out to where he looks a little bit older and shit. But you just have a part where he says it in in his tongue and you just see the subtitle of I can bring you in hot or I can bring you in cold. And you're like, <laughs> fuck yeah, little Yoda. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I hope I, I, I feel like the show is going to end in a on a badass note. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. It'll yeah. be poignant. They'll have its moments. But I feel like it's going to build up to where either Din is going to be a complete and utter badass or Grogu's going to be. Yeah. Or because I, I because I feel like the final season of this show whenever that may be we're going to we're, we're going to have full CGI Grogu. Like he's going to yeah. be moving around like Yoda did in the the prequels. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm excited for the next episode. It's been a good season so far. I'm I'm excited to see where they take it. I mean, it's still it's still carrying Disney on its back, man. Yeah, for sure. It, it's yeah. it's even got it's got it's even got Marvel piggybacking for a little little bit. Yeah. So, 
Um, well, so I pulled up the Oscar winner list. Have you heard about any of the Oscar winners, Trav? Um, I have heard that everything, everywhere, all at once has brought in some dubs. Yes. And I can't believe a movie that has a dildo fight. I know. One best fit picture. I know. (laughs) Uh, no, but I, I'm 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 glad that 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 movie has gotten the recognition that it has because, uh, even all the way back when we watched it, like, it was it was a great movie, and yeah. I still stand by that it is a far better multiverse movie than Doctor Strange Two. As reluctant yes. as I am to admit it, it is. I think yeah. it's uh, the and, best multiverse movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I like everything from that to the, um, the lo-fi, eternal sunshine, spotless mind approach to technology. Yes, um, yeah. I love that stuff, man. And I just it was it was a great ride. Yeah. So I'm gonna hit at some of the best uh, the best you know categories here. So everything everywhere won best picture. Jamie Lee Curtis best one actress in supporting role. Uh, a- actor in supporting role was Key uh, Hugh Kwan from Everything, of course, Short Round. Uh, international film was All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, original song was the song from Triple R, which was great. Uh, animated feature film was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Adapted screenplay was Women Talking. Original screenplay was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Actor in a leading role was Brendan Fraser. Actress in a leading role was Michelle Yao. Uh, director was the Daniels. For of course, every they beat Steven Spielberg. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just so you know, Spielberg was nominated for the Fablemans, and they beat Spielberg. Uh, cinematography: All Quiet on the Western Front. And uh, original score: All Quiet on the Western Front. Visual effects, avatar, editing everywhere, uh, everything everywhere all at once. Makeup and hairstyle was the well. So, I mean, A24 brought brought the awards home, man. And congratulations to, like, that goes to show you. Like, with that, Parasite, All Quiet on the Western Front, like, you, I'm glad that, like, these more indie films, these, these not Hollywood blockbuster you know, traditional Hollywood blockbusters. Um, don't get me wrong. I love Marvel, love DC, all that stuff, but like everything everywhere all at once and all quiet on the Western front was like two of the most wowing films of the past year. And I'm glad that they got the recognition that they deserved, you know? Yeah. So did y'all, I watched short round, give his speech. I watched all the, the ones I cared about, like Brendan Fraser, uh, but short round getting up there and him, you know, he took a 20 year, just nothing. He did some behind the scenes shit, but cause yeah. there were just no roles, you know? And his wife yeah. was like, you should try, you should do that movie, do that one, get back out there. Yeah. And it was and crazy he, seeing him hug fucking Harrison Ford at the time. I mean that. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. That that's insane, man. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, oh my God, dude from Strange Brew. 
and Ghostbusters. Oh, you know, oh, fuck. His, I know if I, I know, but like his wife passed and he took care of the kids, right? Yeah. So like when he comes back, I have a feeling that he's going to, he's going to blow it up. Rick Moranis. Cause I, yes, I, I have a feeling that Moranis will be back at some point. And when he does, he is going to blow everything out of the water. So. Well, we got a little bit of movie news here. So Bob Odenkirk wants the room remake to be taken serious. So Odenkirk, who made his mark television history as Saul Goodman, um, is currently working on the remake of 2003's The Room, directed <laughs> by Tom. I swear, dude. Odenkirk uh, wants the remake of Wysow's romantic drama to be taken seriously, and he will star in the movie. Odenkirk said that he didn't change the lines, but readapted them in his own way. However, he couldn't make some scenes legitimate as the writing was too far gone. This is what he told Entertainment Weekly. I don't change the lines, but I do them my own way in a way that hopefully feels legit and real. And I think I pulled it off some. And there are some scenes that I just couldn't. And you can't, you just can't make them legitimate. I mean, they're insane. The things that people are saying are so insane. Uh, Odenkirk said that he certainly did not intend to make fun of Wasu, Wasau, uh, the film, uh, Wazo, I don't know, however you pronounce it, uh, the film or the script. Instead, he wants people to take the movie seriously and make a touching movie. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I didn't know. I had no idea that he was. That is the most Bob Odenkirk fucking thing ever, though. I know, right? It it really is. But if, I, I mean. If David Cross doesn't show up in some shape or form. <laughs> could you imagine? Like I just thought, that would be that would be full circle, dude. The yeah, guys uh, from Mister Show doing a remake of the Room, <laughs> like, it, yeah. like it's perfect. Yeah. So next up here, James Gunn sets the record straight on a Superman legacy casting process rumors. So DC fans have been eagerly anticipating news about the upcoming Superman reboot. And recent rumors about the casting process and director have been making the rounds. James Gunn is set to write the script for the film, which will reimagine the Man of Steel for a new generation of fans. The plot details of the film have not yet been revealed, but it is but it is expected to focus on a younger Clark Kent and his early days as Superman. Henry Cavill, who played the role of Superman in a previous movie, will not be reprising the role. Recent rumor, however claimed that casting calls for Clark Kent and Lois Lane had already gone out. However, James Gunn took to Twitter to to debunk the rumors, stating uh, that they have not even hired a casting director as of yet. Therefore, any casting news at this point is purely speculative. It is still unclear when casting for Superman Legacy will begin. So... The internet needs to just shut up and let these movies get made. Just fucking just, just like. Well, I think the internet manifested one miracle by getting the Snyder Cut released. 
I think that that's all the miracles that the the internet's going to be able to manifest for the DC universe. Well, you know I what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like any more poking and prodding at this is just going to create more last lackluster product in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Because if people are having to sit and spend time on Twitter telling like debunking rumors, then they're not doing their job. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, what's going to end up happening is James Gunn is going to get tired of like going out and saying, Hey guy, like, you know how transparent he's been about literally everything. If people keep on, he's just going to shut that down and let the rumors and speculation run rampant. Yeah. Cause he, then... he, he had a career before the hero movies. Don't get me wrong. Definitely boosted his yeah. career, but he had a career nonetheless. And I'm sure he did not mind go. He doesn't mind going back to that. Yeah. Well, and, and like, I mean, I think that his idea about being as transparent as he, as he has been is first of all, DC hasn't made the best decisions and he wants to try to like get ahead of the curve on that because people are going to speculate. People are going to kind of be like, man, this is going to be sucky, this, that, and the other, but also like he's trying to like, give people a realistic mentality of what to expect when they go to the theaters to watch these movies. Because like you've had the entire like breakdown of the DC universe happening in front of your eyes. And if he, if, if Saffron and Gunn said zero, if they said nothing and it was just announced that they're running DC, then people would build up in their heads whether they like it or not, before they even see anything. And he, to me, seems like he's trying to get ahead of the situation by basically being like, all right, guys, this is what's happening. Cavill's not coming back. This is what kind of what you can expect. That way, expectations are kept at a maintainable level for DC and for James Gunn and Peter Safran. Oh. And and I agree with all that, but what I think it's going to lead to is the same, more of the same that's been plaguing these comic book movies for years now, and it's on a on like not necessarily on the motives of what the larger story is going to imply, but it's nice to have behind the scenes stuff. It's nice to have those type of special quote unquote special features to be able to pillage through on a more productive level like how they built the sets what were they considering when they were creating the suits all that stuff but what we get instead is a bunch of images of people who are going to the sets taking photos the mystery of these movies is being completely stripped away and it's ruining them yeah think Um, about this imagine how much more to go after leakers and stuff and think about how much you would have enjoyed how much we all would have enjoyed no way home had we not known any of that stuff about andrew garfield about toby mcguire like the level of enjoyment we would have gotten seeing that just play out on the screen going in cold just knowing hey strange is trying to cast a spell to make people forget peter parker that's it well, yeah. by knowing it, we all built up the story that we thought it was going to be in our head. Yeah. yeah. 
Remember? And then when you and watch it, 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 it's like, oh, it's completely different than what I thought it was going to be. It was good, yeah. but just different. We were yeah. the, yeah, it made us the, our own, it made us the sixth member of the Sinister Six. <laughs> like, it was us. <laughs> it was the fans. <laughs> it was like, the most dangerous game, Trav. <laughs> but no, but for real though, man, like, I, I, as much as I used to enjoy having these little peaks behind the lens, it's gotten to the point where it's starting to ruin some of the 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 impact that these movies need to have yeah and well, i don't want to know shit about this superman movie yeah like even when the trailer drops i want it to just be give us a shot or two of superman flying around show us some metropolis superman something's at stake and then superman legacy like i'm fine with minimalist details now for these types of movies because it's going to make watching them far more enjoyable yeah. going into this stuff without having like, and, and that's the thing as a fan watching something be adapted and the real time experience of watching something you enjoy being done properly. It's just more, it's more bang for your buck. Yeah. To be able to walk out of the theater and go, dude, they fucking nailed it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. look instead of instead of the typical parking lot criticism, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, look at look at everything everywhere all at once. Like we like when we watched that, we all we knew was like, it's got whoever will like we didn't know a lot about the movie we knew that there was some no. weird like timey wimey stuff going on not there. a single hot dog dildo finger to be seen yeah like may <laughs> there was rumors that it was like a multiversal type film but like that that led more into the mystery of it than anything and then like we were pleasantly surprised all the way around so like I get it, but like at the end of the day, it's like, where do you draw? Like, there needs to be someone, whether it's a judge or whoever, draw the line between like, okay, is this considered a spoiler? Or like, whenever they cast Superman, if they release photos of super of the actor in the Superman costume, is that a spoiler? Like, is who's supposed to determine if that's a you know what I mean? Like, it's well, just like, well, I the, think it could be it could be very much put down to if you are not on the bill as the stars of this film and you are a character that's being brought in for a cameo and you're not going to get top billing or anything like that. That's, I would consider you a spoiler. Yeah. Like, cause even, even taking away the comic book aspect of a film, mm-hmm. if it's a movie where, Oh shit, Kurt Russell just shows up out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That would be considered a spoiler if he if he shows up and delivers plot centric details. I think that's a you know what I mean. That's a spoiler, right? Which I mean, I know it's a can of worms, but anything that is not approved and anything that is not considered a frame from a trailer, one could argue as a spoiler. Even if it's just a shot of the sky, it's like, well, it wasn't in the trailer. It wasn't. It wasn't in any officially approved footage for the general public you know yeah but yeah i you know i'm hoping that it doesn't get to the point where gun stops giving some type of um 
transparency well, I, out into the world. And 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 I agree with you whole like a hundred percent, a little hundred and ten percent on the transparency thing. I think it's great that he is, and 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 with the track record DC Studios or DCE whatever at the time, they made a lot of terrible business decisions, and. James Gunn is not only being the whipping boy, but also the the the, sp- the mouthpiece for it now. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. But I also think that it should be taken and understood now because of the level of transparency that he's done. That if it's not coming from the Saffron or Gunn Twitter account, mm-hmm. it is bullshit, and it should be taken as bullshit. Right. Well, we'll see what happens with it. I mean, if Disney's going trying to get legal, legal back. Oh yeah, I saw an article about it. that today. They're going after leakers, so have, they're going to sue. Have them. you guys seen where supposedly, uh, sales for Shazam is in, or pre-order sales is not looking good? Yeah, I saw that. But I mean, we've seen the same thing happen in the past. I think it might have happened with Shang Chi or Spider Man and there was not a lot of pre-sale tickets. I can't remember which Which, one it was. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I think I know literally one human being on planet earth that takes the time out of their day to pre-order a ticket to a movie. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, nothing on them. That's their thing. But, uh, I don't think I, I, that's not a real common practice. I don't, I don't want to, I never in the history of ever have I really talked to people that are like, yeah, dude, I buy my tickets to see this movie. Like, oh, yeah. six months from now. Yeah. Like concert, though. No. It's like, dude, <laughs> just pick a fucking day and go to the theater. Yeah, there's going to be plenty. There's going to be plenty of seats, man. Yeah. The only time I've ever pre ordered tickets is if we're going to like the rave at eight o'clock. At oh, night. yeah. I mean, if you're driving all the way there. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, well, yeah. Well, I mean, and I guess it depends on your theater of choice because I know some of those theaters have where you can buy literally what seat you want to sit in. Yeah, that's and, a little different too. And man. I get, I, I mean, I get that whole dynamic, but that's a very, to me, I think that's a very niche avenue for the otherwise. Probably happens a little more in like real big cities. Yeah, yeah. metropolitan you know. stuff. Yeah, people. Yeah, stacks them, stacks them, stacks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but like out here, and like you know, Bruce Campbell's backyard, dude. Like, I mean, there's always a seat at the theater. Yeah. Speaking of Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi hopes to make another Evil Dead movie with Bruce Campbell. Another one of these articles, Griffin. If, if it's got Bruce Campbell in it, I'm reading. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, not, no, I mean, no, I, I abide. But, like, didn't we agree that, didn't we all agree that Evil Dead is just, like, just let just let the products come out. It's it's like it's like we have Evil Dead Rise coming out. We have Ash Pot uh, Ash but Bruce. Well, we also had Bruce Campbell say Ash he was done playing. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, he said that, but you know he'll do it. We got third, dude. We got three seasons of Ash following up from his Army of the, of Darkness, and I would have watched the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
But I'm just saying, there's plenty of Bruce Campbell killing the Evil Dead now. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't. I just, mm-hmm. I it's just, but you get what I'm saying. It's almost like every other week they're like Rami and Campbell. Well, I mean, attorney at law. Here, here's the way that I kind of look at the movie news. We can either talk about spoilers for stuff that no, that not everybody's seen. We can talk about speculation for Marvel or DC, or we can talk about Bruce Campbell. Like that's literally the only things that's on the on the news sites right now, and that's been on the news sites for like a year and a half. No, oh, I wasn't even meaning it that way, man. Like that, I mean, but I mean, like just the like, like they're they're always there's always that one author now that's like, man, Evil Dead, yeah, we're gonna get that movie, and it's like, dude, it, I just feel like. I feel like it's baiting us with something we'll never get. Well, I mean, and the the reason that the 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 Empire the article was written was because with an interview with Empire magazine, Sam Raimi discussed the 2013 reboot of the franchise and how the door is always open for a return of the old guard. So he said the character Mia was great, so I was very interested. We had been talking about an Evil Dead for for the other branch of that universe. And we were worried a little bit about a collision. Ash versus evil dead is what that morphed into, but I always thought that there was room for both. I still think there's room for all sorts of evil dead movies. I don't think they cancel each other out. I love working with Bruce and Rob. I love it as a producer because they're really good partners, but I also like being supported by them as a director. So I hope that that is in the car on the cards eventually. So I think the idea for him is like maybe in his head because like I've never really thought about it that way in this in this way where it's like you have the legacy Evil Dead stuff that kind of runs parallel in in a way with like the newer Evil Dead stuff where you have like the the reboot or remake whatever you want to call it and then Evil Dead Rise and it's like at what like for Raimi particularly, at what point is there going to be like a passing of the torch or a crossover, I guess you would say? Because like the Deadites that you get in the 2013, I think it was 2013 when that came out, in the 2013 and also the what we've seen from Evil Dead Rise are very similar, but very, very different in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm than the deadites that we've got in, you know, Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, and Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh. So it's like, is there going to be like some type of a crossover or something there? Well, it's funny you say crossover because uh, something I was I've I've thought about before in the past is uh, they could totally use elements from Drag Me to Hell to link that. Well, and that's something that. I haven't seen any articles about it where we get the movie news, but Drag Me to Hell has popped back up in pop culture a little bit. People have started rewatching it, and it spurred a lot of buzz online. And Raimi's like, I mean, if if the demand is there, I may consider revisiting I mean, it. And dude, that was a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. A lot of people didn't like it because it was very much. It was one of those movies that saw itself through. Like you yeah. didn't prevent shit, you know. Yeah. Um, but like, because I always, I always thought sometimes that the uh, the demons that were pulling chick down into the train track at the end, like, dude, what if those were the deadites? Yeah. 
Well, it feels very like Evil Dead adjacent. You well, know? well, and I think a lot of that, and I don't know about you, but the sequence when they're doing the seance. Yeah. And that woman's floating and she's all fucking like. Ah. Yeah. Fucking like Evil Dead as fuck, dude. Well, and the traditional Raimi camera work as well. Like that, to me, like watching anything that Raimi does, even though he does like the the way that he controls the camera, I'm like, okay. It oh, just takes dude. me back to Evil Dead, you know? Oh, dude. And uh, like, I mean, in, in this, in, uh, it, was, it was one of the Spider Man movies where he's trying to hold the door shut mm-hmm. and it does that quick like camera movement to each corner of the door yeah. just like it does whenever uh ash is trying to keep the one yeah, like when yeah. he's fighting himself <clears throat> so i mean yeah his style i, I love i've always i've always enjoyed uh rammy's style because it's very like he's not afraid to make you laugh in a movie that's not trying yeah, to make you laugh yeah you know Little goody two shoes, little goody two shoes. When he's fucking, <laughs> fucking hairy curly when he's three yeah. stooge in his ass. So the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves directors didn't lay seeds for a sequel, but have ideas. So uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves has been doing the unthinkable and gaining a huge amount of praise from its early screenings. The film will go on general release at the end of the month. And if it can manage to keep that positive word of mouth going, it could be the start of a movie franchise that the tabletop RPG has wanted for a long time. While there's already an unrelated TV series in the works, Honor Among Thieves directors have been discussing direct sequels for their movie, even though they apparently didn't build any teases into the future. Uh, while many movies are released with built-in post-credit scenes that set up a potential sequel, should the green light be given, as well as laying a trail of where a sequel could go throughout the main story, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves directors Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly didn't do that with their movie. Despite that, though, they believe there are many places for a sequel to go. On the red carpet of the film's premiere, Goldstein told comicbook.com, we didn't plant any seeds, but if we're lucky enough to make another one, then I think there's so many places to go. We've created these great characters who we would love to see where they are in a year or two. Even ahead of its release, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves have seemingly won the battle and defeated its biggest antagonist, the opinions of the critics. Whether it can also win over audiences will be its final challenge later this month. I mean, that's kind of interesting where, like, you have this huge multi-million dollar film that's coming out that, like, nah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, it's going to be a story that's going to be start to finish. We're not going to put any breadcrumbs out there or anything like that. We're just going to see how everything plays itself out in, in this film. And then if we get the green light, then maybe we'll figure out some way to make it work. Like that's that's kind of refreshing to be completely honest, you know. Yeah. But I'm interested to see it, and like the reality of it is like they could continue to make Dungeons and Dragons movies, where like maybe they get an entirely different cast for a sequel, 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they could do it like a campaign. Like just imagine that an entire, an entire movie is one quote unquote D and D campaign that you follow these characters and actors around and it plays the story out. And then the next one could be dungeons and dragons colon, you know, insert witty title here. And it could be a whole new group of actors, a whole new story, a whole new everything, like not even worry about visiting the same locations. If they keep it in the same universe, or if they do, they could have references to some of these other characters in a way, or, you know, like they could make almost their own cinematic universe where like the world and how these different stories are impacting the world be like the, the overarching thing, as opposed to like, you're going to see these characters grow and grow and grow from movie to movie to movie, you know, it'd be a different way of approaching storytelling for sure. You know, at least in movies, I'm going to try to go watch it. It comes out at the end of the month. I'm going to try to go see it if I can, but we'll see. Last up here, Tarantino seems to have finally decided on his last movie as a director. So the subject of Tarantino's final movie as a filmmaker has been a hot topic for many months, and it looks like he may have finally made his decision on just which picture he uh, will be becoming his 10th directorial release. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Tarantino will be helming the Movie Critic, a script that he wrote and is now getting ready to put into production later this year. There are not many details known about the movie just yet, but according to the report, the movie will feature um, a female lead and will be set in Los Angeles in the 1970s, which has led the to the suggestion that the subject of the film will be uh, Pauline Kale. For Tarantino, his last movie uh, was always going to be a special one for him. And with the director having a well-documented respect of Kel, who died in 2001, it seems to make sense that she would be the focus of his last venture. Tarantino has been considering his next movie for some time, pretty much since his Oscar-winning Once Upon a Time in Hollywood 2019. While there have been many suggestions around, like the likes of Kill Bill 3 being on the radar, it seems that a brand new story is where Tarantino will end his directorial career and more or less within his self ex, his self imposed time frame. For many years, Tarantino has made it clear that he intended to direct no more than ten movies and retire from filmmaking by his sixtieth birthday. This month marks that milestone birthday, so it looks like he was not too far off from his retirement plan. No, John Lovitz. Y'all remember the credit, no John Lovitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw an That's, article uh, that said that all the women in the movie won't have shoes on. I mean, that makes sense. That makes 100% I'm kind of glad sense. it's something different, not a Kill Bill. Like, I'd like yeah. to see yeah. a Kill Bill, but like, you know. Yeah. Well, it, it, fills, out, it fills out the whole thing where it's like he never... Because Kill Bill is technically one. Yeah, exactly. It is. And so you have ten, you have ten flavors of Tarantino. Like, you, you have ten, ten toes, individual ten flavors. Stories. 
I'm sorry. I had to make another foot joke. <laughs> oh man. Oh god. I ten, get it. I get that reference. Oh. But um <clears throat> ten flavor. But no, having ten individual stories, <sighs> like it's OCD as fuck, man. Yeah. Well, when I heard that podcast, you know, with he did two, he was like. I want to go out on top, dude. I don't want to be that washed up director that's still hanging on, trying yeah. to make movies after you lost touch. Like, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. He really cares about his catalog. Well, at the end of the day, though, he makes 10 films. That doesn't mean that he can't make TV. Yeah. Books. He can't write books. He yep. can't, you know, he can't do other media. So, I mean, and I th- I think that Tarantino and a l- long form content like a television series, like six, eight, ten episodes, um, telling stories that he wants to tell, mm-hmm. I'm for it. You know, yeah. And I would go so far as to say I would rather him switch mediums altogether and just become an author because if he writes the way he talks. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. I could read a fucking book of that shit, especially if him going on about like some, like it almost would be like a, um, uh, a, like a Brett Easton Ellis yeah. approach yeah. to explaining the, you know, when, when, when every time Patrick Bateman would dissect music for someone and yeah. explain all this fucking information, you know, I feel like that's Tarantino as shit, dude. Yeah. And that's exactly how he writes. Yeah. He he has to write. It's a book. Yeah. He has to hire someone to come in and transpose his novel that he wrote into a screenplay, Trav. Everything. When (laughs) they put out uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they put the book out. Yeah. I've got the book. Way more. It's like 600 pages. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He needs to do that for every one. Yes. It's pretty much like the director's cut. Yes. Like, but, I, I would I would read every goddamn one of them. Yes. I would love to see like a novel his novelization of like Reservoir Dogs or Kill oh, or, 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 or I thought like Reservoir fiction. Dogs was, I thought like Reservoir Dogs would be uh, a, a really good novel. Uh, but dude, Pulp Fiction as a novel, holy shit. Yeah, I know. That would and you be know, a roller coaster, dude. I mean, and see, that's the thing. Like, there's Tarantino scripts out there, but they're not the script. You know what I mean? They're, they're just not. There's someone copying. They're, 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 it's just someone doing the traditional format and not, not put, probably not even putting in his notes, his little details. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. I get it, dude, because, like, even, like, me trying to write something in script form, I want to write, like, I want to be as descriptive as possible. And, like, it's hard whenever you write stories and stuff and you, like, in school, I used to write constantly, you know? And it's hard to go from writing something where you are building the world and being as descriptive about everything as humanly possible to condensing it down to basic like shot setups and dialogue. That's hard. Like it's for someone that's that creative, it's really hard to do, you know? Well, yeah. Like nuance is very hard to capture. Yes. 
it has to be organic and when filmmaking like that's that that i mean and there's so many different cogs in the machine like from your casting to the way that you know the way you're directing you know all of that to be able to capture the nuance because you can't really put what you're seeing into words even even though tarantino did his best when he's writing it i feel like maybe he even knows that those books he's wrote still don't capture what he's seeing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And with well, the level of attention that he gives his films, I feel like he get he's satisfied. He's obviously satisfied with what he's done. Yeah. But it seems like the man is on a level of, of analyzation of his stuff that like, I feel like there are things that he probably doesn't like, like any artist, you have something that you, when you create it, all the mistakes, all the things you don't like are there and they yeah. are just there. There, It's front and present every goddamn time. You yeah. anticipate it when it's going to happen or it sticks out like a sore thumb if it's a visual medium. Like, And I feel like the same is, is, is for every filmmaker. Yeah. But what's crazy is his style of directing, though. Like him doing as many takes as he does and then him standing literally right next to the camera talking to the actors while they're acting he's like no 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 you don't like that do you you don't like that huh no you don't like that at all i want to see that you don't like that this is happening while they're delivering dialogue trav he is in their ear the entire time no 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 you don't like that you don't like this person do you huh this person fucking hates you they think you're a fucking slut whore what are you gonna fucking do about it (laughs) I mean, for real though, yeah. he did that. Like I saw some of the behind the scenes stuff on kill bill where he was doing that to Uma Thurman. And I'm like, how the fuck can she concentrate with this going on? You know, if you don't do this right, I'm going to take you fucking take your shoes off. Yeah. Fucking do it. Right. <laughs> you my know my feet on my balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say that helps though, because you're like, you're not, you're not acting to the camera. You're like, you're doing it to him. Yeah. It's like, it helps. Cause yeah. a lot of times they're in video village. You never see them. You just hear them cut. Yeah. But he's right up in it. He's like, no, I'm here too. Yeah. Don't bitch about 30th take. I'm here too. Let's go. Yeah. Because I'm we right love here. making movies. Yeah. You fucking hate that bitch. Don't you? Huh? Huh? She stole your fucking man, did you? <laughs> Could you? That's the movie that I want. Yeah. It's just a camera on Tarantino while he's doing I just, that. Well, like, I, like, the way you've been explaining this, I imagine him on his haunches, like a baseball coach. Oh, yeah. Like, you fucking horse slut. Yeah. You're gonna fucking go home. You're gonna go fucking home. You're gonna slide to home, then you're gonna get off my goddamn set and go the fuck home. That's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to fucking do. Imagine that part in fucking uh, The Hateful Eight where he's like, you fucking hate this guitar, don't you? <laughs> God. You, oh, fucking God. Hate, you fucking hate this guitar, don't you, huh? This bitch don't even know how to fucking oh. listen to her fucking stupid song. I want you to fucking smash that fucking guitar. The look <laughs> on her face. Oh, oh, dude, she looks at the camera and, and off goes, camera. No, like, no, are you no, going to no. stop him? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, are you going? Like, is anyone going to yell "cut"? Could just imagine I love that him the, though. He's probably like, I knew it was the fucking guitar. I wanted it to be as fucking authentic as possible. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, fuck that guitar. We, we did, sir. I've never done. 
We did 30 fucking takes and this bitch didn't get her fucking shit together. So we had to smash the real fucking guitar. <laughs> oh, it's like, God damn, dude. Because of me, because of my fucking movie, right? Right, right. L- listen to this shit. Because of me, they'll never loan those guitars again. No, dude. Never. Nope. Yeah. But I got the shot I fucking wanted, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> fucking buddy shot. Yeah, I mean, that's, one that's exactly what the case is. He's like, I got what I wanted out of it. Oh my god! Like, that was the, that was like a filmmaker's version of like being on a pristine beach, yeah, ripping a coke and then just throwing the can behind you and continue walking. Like our version of Tarantino is so much more interesting than <laughs> you don't like that fucking guitar. She don't know how to fucking sing, does she? Who fucking told her to sing? Bitch, I told you to keep singing. He's just all over the place with it, dude. Like, who in the fucking hell said your hair was purple? It's fucking magenta, okay? It's fucking magenta. He's like, give me the real one. The intonation on this one fucking sucks. (laughs) Charles is like, "Mm mm-hmm, it is. (laughs) Nobody fucking ask you, Charles. Shit. Is Is that a fucking... Is that a fucking G chord or is it just a gimped out fucking C chord, huh? Is that what that is? Is that what that is? The same fingering. It's the wrong fucking place. Right church, wrong pew, you fucking slut. Nobody fucking ask you, Charles. Dude, that's one of my heroes that I would never, ever no, meet. Dude. No, ever. dude, never. I don't I'm even want to bump into him in public. Like, no. If I did, I wouldn't say nothing. No, I wouldn't even make eye contact with him. Like, are you fucking looking at me? Yeah. Uh, when he went off I'm sorry, that, sir. Off, yeah. Hateful Eight was great. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> did you see me smash that fucking guitar? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude. I really enjoyed the recut. It was four hours long. Yeah, I bet you like did. watching a completely different slut. movie. He's like, I bet Look you at like you, you're a little pig. Fuck yeah, it. you're a little fucking Tarantino slut, aren't you? <laughs> you want some of that? You want some of that, that Tarantino paint? That's what you want, you little fucking... dude. Oh hearing him God. on those podcasts, though, he is like he is his biggest fan. Yeah, dude. he really is. He knows. Yeah. Oh God, I think I just had a stroke. From laughing too hard. <laughs> Bring out the fucking gimp. Yeah. <laughs> that was real. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he is such a fascinating individual. There'll yes, never, is. never be another Tarantino, no. you know? It oh, makes sense God. that he's, that he's going to step back though. Like he, he just got married. He's got a kid. It's a lot easier to write books and be at home and not be on a movie set, you know, half the year. Yeah. (laughs) National treasure. Absolutely, man. I'm ready for trailers, though. The intonation's off on this one. Maybe the fucking real one. It's 200 years old. I'm going to fuck. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. It's like, this is my eighth movie, okay? 
It's like, do you know how old that fucking sword and fucking Roll Kill Bill was? <laughs> we were cutting people in fucking half with that thing. <laughs> He's like, I almost killed Uma Thurman in a fucking car, okay? Don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. Two million dollar guitar. He just wrote a check right yeah. there at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, did Miramax do the Hateful Eight? I think so. They had it. In, it was they had insurance, but yeah. No, as soon as the guitar broke, someone at Miramax was like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, what did you do? Whoa! That's yeah. when Harvey Weinstein went to jail. Yeah. That's, why That's what they started to investigate. Yeah. That's, what did, That's what did it in. That's what did it like, I think it was like a 250-year-old guitar. <laughs> really. Like oh a one-of-a-kind, like... Oh yeah, it's like it's priceless, man. It's like the equivalent of like a an authentic like like a fucking Stradivarius. Well, dude, you couldn't just get a prop. I mean, he's a fucking I know, right? <laughs> it's got to be a real a letter from Lincoln. It's a real fucking letter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell me <laughs> they won't let me? They won't let me return the letter. It had too much fucking blood on it. You yeah. know what I said? Fuck like, you! You ruined this letter. <laughs> 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 but now it goes down in history. They're like, it was already a part of yeah. history. film history, baby. <laughs> film history. Like, <laughs> it's like my actors were having a tough time reading it, so you know, I just took a little white out. That's all I did. A little bit of white out, cleared up some smudges. Oh, that would make oh. a great animated series, like the critic, but it's him, the director. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh man. Just it's the show's just called Quentin. <laughs> Quentin, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That podcast he does with that dude, yeah, that poor motherfucker can't get a word in, dude. <laughs> Old Chad and Kathy over here. Oh, there was a. There's actually a. Um, a good interview that he, I can't remember how old it is, but it was new to me, but it was an interview that he did or like a podcast, I guess he did with Judd Apatow and Bill Maher. Yeah. Um, they cover some, some, you know, he, 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 he drops some pretty cool opinions on some stuff. Um, he breaks down, uh, the big thing that I saw was they, they were, they were all debating the continuous shot sequence in movies uh primarily in 1917 yeah and tarantino has a big problem with that (laughs) he did not he didn't say it was bad but he didn't he he was he was explaining his stance as to why he wasn't impressed by that as everyone else was but it was an interesting discussion to watch He's like, anybody can cut a fucking camera on. Yeah, fucking run. <laughs> anybody, can hit, anybody can hit fucking pause. No God. fucking cut. You cut what you got. It's like, it's, like, it's like, you really don't like the Germans, do you, you little fucking Yankee fuck? You want to impress me? Strap a camera on him. 
Throw him in a war zone. <laughs> Did you hear about the fucking guitar? <laughs> it all comes back, dude. The person's looking at him going, Quentin, I don't know if I really want to do this. And, and Quentin's just on the other part. And you just hear him like he's got the, the, the fucking face covering in a jet, you know, with the, the, you know, something like this, you know. And you just hear him go, what are you talking about? It's in the fucking script. <laughs> and he fucking just kicks him. Kicks him in the ass as he falls into the battlefield. What were you expecting? Some fucking ACDC or something? It's a goddamn World War II film. <laughs> the big okay. door prize. It's so, uh, Chris O'Dowd. He's been MIA for a minute. Yeah. What was the last movie fucking... he was in? Was it, uh, was it Colossal? I can't remember. He he did some kind of rom com. Yeah, I think it was that. He was the boyfriend that uh, Anne Hathaway's character was in and out of. Yeah. I think. Yeah, but there was another one that was like a. I tried to watch it. and I was just like, oh yeah, this wasn't. What was that show he did that you that you watched years ago, man? You told me about it, but like we're talking like the Boosh days, man. You were, well, when you were telling me, you were like, man, like, this ain't funny. Like, this is, like, this is a different, like, this is range. Like, he's trying to do some other shit. Or was that, or was that, uh, dude, or was that Howard Moon from Boosh? But it was something that was drastically different. It wasn't, it wasn't a comedy. I just remember you bringing it up, man. I just, I, I just can't remember. Howard Moon was on that. Remember that trailer we watched of that weird ass show? Yeah. yeah. Might have been that. Oh, okay. Coming at you like a bean. I mean, it ain't no toast to London. Oh, <laughs> was it Moon Boy? The higher the branch, the stickier the adhesive. Might have been Moon Boy. Yeah, it was something. It, I, I don't think. I, I I mean I I feel like you might have watched it on, on your own time, but I don't I don't recall me or you ever following. I up went and watched everything like, hey, that had that dude in it and the other one, like <laughs> Matt Berry, like yeah. I mean that's don't how worry. I ended up finding the it crowd was was uh no, no. Me, you know nothing of the crunch. I was like, who the fuck is that guy? He's funny. I think it's weird that that's the only show that that you can watch both pilots like both pilots were you know what i mean and they're, they're the same fucking story you know it's just weird it's like you get a glimpse into an alternate dimension i mean perfection man but wasn't wasn't the other one wasn't it was it was was that not its attempt at syndication or was it just like fuck it let's just get the let's just make the other show Available it crowd? everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that pilot was a. Uh, it didn't go over well. But wasn't <laughs> it? But wasn't it an attempt at syndicating it? Yeah, they were gonna do an American version of it. It just didn't. Had old dude from Community. Yeah. Well, it looks like they just brought their own cameras and actors and used the same sets. Probably what they did, just to get the like a test pilot done. They're like, but people are always. It's like just. And you know it blew up on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, dude, but 
People are like, I have it, a hard time understanding them if it's like, turn the fucking subtitles on, okay? You know? Well, <laughs> well, the, well, the thing about it, man, is the thing that sells that show is Iowati's performance. Yeah, those man. two, man. Um, Did you guys know he hosts a show about gadgets? Yeah. No, what? <laughs> like, for, like, like, for a real, like a little... Man or something. Like a little science show where every episode he just talks about these different types of gadgets. But it's really weird because the way his delivery, he's like these gadgetry. (laughs) Travel. I have a smart tent. Yeah, like it. You know, it's a little variety show. But the door prize, though. I mean, Mark Summers has never steered us wrong. All right, three, two, one, play. Gotta be a comedy, right? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) oh, God. Don't do it. I think I think that that's an interesting idea, but I think that it would be funnier as if he went into the machine and it just didn't give him anything back. <laughs> well, I think he, I feel like this is gonna probably follow along the same lines as something like Severance. I think yeah. it it's making us think one thing, but it's gonna be completely something else going on. Right. We got some Snipes action here. Back on the strip with Wesley Snipes. Comedy. Ooh, okay. The beer was cool and the vines were ripe. He was so good in Dolomite. 
It's got Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> yeah. So he good was. Dolomite, dude. He was hilarious. I didn't think he'd be able to do comedy until I saw that. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, play. He was a stripper. (laughs) (laughs) Marlin? That motherfucker's funny. The chocolate chips. He overbanged. It's like Magic Mike. Yeah. But different. With, with no Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. You know? No this actually feelings. looks pretty funny. Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, it's a comedy. It's a red, it's a red band trailer? She's going to get naked. Wouldn't be the first time. It's got Matthew Broderick in it, too. Okay. okay. Yeah, I saw a clip okay. of this online, and I was like, that looks funny. I'm excited. Especially when she's like second cousins. You'll see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one, play. Oh, God. <laughs>
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Some good parents. Yeah. But of course he ain't having it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's unfuckable. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh shit. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Date him hard. Yeah, real hard. I mean, Maybe I should have locked myself in my room when I was a kid. You know, like I shit. Helicopter parents. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's 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 a parenting method. I mean They're just trying to get him out there. This is uh I believe Damon Lindemloff's new series. Okay. I think. Miss Davis. All right, three, two, one, play. He straight punched her in the throat. I mean, Yeah. What? Yeah. That took a turn. Yeah. So this is like an AI that everybody's referring to. Why is she always crying? Look, crying again. Three comma club. What the fuck is going on?
lot going on there. Yeah, there is a lot going on there. Lindelof okay. goes hard, dude. Yeah, he goes hard in the paint for sure. Hunger? That's kind of how, what was that movie we watched? The Menu? Yeah. Kind of has a menu kind of vibe to it. Look, I'm going to drop this person's name in the general chat from one of the actors in the, in Hunger. Any idea? What? Yeah. Oh, it's a foreign. Well, I'm, I'm excited. It won't let me put cl turn closed caption. Is it subtitles? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Well, I'm shredded a shroll. All right. Three, two, one, play. Wow, 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 wow. See what I mean? Oh, yeah. Was I dragging? Yeah, right. It's got to be perfect. Is that people? Mm, they kind of look like people. Maybe. He said the same thing. Remember in the movie, The Menu, he said something about that when people have too much food? Yeah. It looks pretty good. It'll be on Netflix April 8th. We got our yeah. final Mario. I haven't seen this. <clears throat> I haven't seen this either. I'm pretty sure we're going to hear his voice in here. I'm guessing. Who, Mario? Yeah. Because they still haven't really done that, right? No, he said some stuff in one of the previous trailers. Oh. I think. I saw I this. One. I saw this was, uh, I watched this on the Switch the other night. Uh, man, the, 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 
hop shot at the end of this is gonna pull at your kids' strings, guys. Well, I'm I'm ready for that. And uh, I mean, dude, just like the this this yeah, this trailer pounds your face with so much nostalgia, and you'll know what I mean. Well, I'm ready to get my you'll face. You'll know it when pounded. you see it. You'll know it when you see get that fucking smile like a donut, Griffin. It's coming. Bah, bah. All right, three. Not like it on that. Two, one, play. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Wow! Dark. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude, the people that are hating on this movie could suck my dick. Fuck them. Dude, you if you can't see the level of respect being handled for this movie, then get the fuck out of here. Yeah. The only reason that people are hating on it is because Chris Pratt's in it. Yeah. Well, then don't go watch it and let me enjoy it. Yeah. shit. Dude, Shut the, the fuck up. The platforming with Donkey Kong to the fucking Mario. That Mario Kart sequence is going to be so much fun to watch. <laughs> Rainbow Road? Forget about it, dude. Yeah. I mean... Have, we, yeah. have they released a runtime for it yet? Because I'm going to be bummed if they just make it a 90-minute kid. You know, I mean, it's a kid movie. Let's not be fucking shitting ourselves here. But... 23 minutes. I mean... That's hitting the, r the ground running, ain't it? Like it's I gonna mean, have to. Yeah. I mean, it's but, gonna pack. It's gonna pack what? Thirty years? Forty years of Mario? Well, I mean, it looks like they have their like I, I imagined that the the Mario Kart sequence would probably not last that long. Of course. And then, like the the platforming two D section will probably probably be like what we saw, maybe a little bit more so than that. But like, I don't know. It looks like they're hitting the high notes. It looks like it's going to be just a lot of fun, man. It yeah, I mean, and dude, uh, Charlie Day's voice for Luigi is kind of perfect. Like, I ain't even gonna lie. 
I think it, it it just like I said, I feel like I think it was uh, in the Nintendo Direct uh, uh, video for it. There was it was the trailer was bookended by some stuff like Shigeru Miyamoto hosted it. Mm-hmm. They had the cast on there: uh, Rogan, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, Jack Black, all those you know, uh, uh, Keenan, all those people. Um. And they said that there were like Illumination worked in tandem with Nintendo and like two other animation studios. There's like over 200 people worked on the movie. Yeah. And if Nintendo was right up there with them, then like Nintendo is not gonna let Hollywood fuck up their crown jewel. No. Not at all. And I mean, Mario is the face of video game. Yeah. Like everyone knows who fucking Mario is. Yeah. I'm super excited for that. It just it, it's yeah, it just feels like I hope I hope it is it's enough of a hit that it can finally be that one size fits all feel good animation movie, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Sonic, you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah. The tank. All right. Three, two, one, play. If I had an axolotl, I would name him Axel Rose. Yeah, for sure. Axolotl Rose. Yeah. Put it back. Put it back. Axolotl. Hmm. What the fuck was that? (laughs) Okay. 
if if you inherited a property, okay, let, let's play this out real quick. If you inherited a property and then a woman approaches you on the day, somehow perfectly times it, that you're at the property and the, we've already got an offer for it. This is the offer right here. And let's say that they offer you $100,000 for the property. Are you going to stay the weekend there and like, uh, or just say uh, nope. it's being sold as is? You can fuck with the tank yeah. and whatever the fuck lives in it, you it's know? Like, yeah, no, I would leave as soon as I signed everything and gave them my bank account information. I would be like, all right, well, we're out of here. <clears throat> I wouldn't want to go through anything if I haven't been there long enough for them to board the windows and shit up. Just bad lieutenant decisions, dude. This is a Val Kilmer movie. Okay. And he talks. Oh, And his voice is not fucked up. Really? Yeah. I played a little bit and saw a clip of him talking. I was like, holy shit. He got his voice back. Okay, okay. Science, dude. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. It's kind of a long trailer, but. Yeah. Shit, I've been there. Yeah. Look, he's looking better. Yeah. It makes me wonder if they used the AI. Yeah, because he don't look like that now. But see, he's talking. Yeah. Maybe this was filmed before it was. It's confusing. Whoa. Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Isn't Bruce Dern dead? I think so, right? Francis Ford Coppola did this. It appears that this was filmed in 2011. Yeah. 
Why is it just now getting released? Uh, I don't know. Took a long time to cut. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it's because it's this different cut. All right. So on IMDb, it's got a 4.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 29%. Blu-ray.com, 4 out of 10. I don't know, man. I mean, so I'd still the watch it. Of the authentic cut. I don't know why they're calling it. I mean, it's just a director's cut. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess if you got time to just sit around and like you know what pull up that movie we did like fucking 10 years ago yeah well maybe like i don't know man i don't tom waits is the narrator charles nobody fucking asked you (laughs) (laughs) oh god Simulant. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, play. Future looks uh, weird. Yeah. Can you bang them? Shang Chi.
like a Superman score. Yeah. Was that Shang Chi? Yeah. Now, here's the thing about falling in love with robot. I saw it's X always Machina. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's mm. always there. What is this? We got Michelle Yao and Kihu Kwan again. Something that's coming out on Disney. Whoa. I think it's based I on a the, book. Yeah, it says, I read this book in high school and loved it. American-born Chinese. Okay. Here we go. It's just a little teaser, but it looked too cool not to include. Three, two, one, play. Just a little ditty. Whoa, okay. Crouch a Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> is it a documentary is it a book is it original series I mean that looks pretty crazy interested not as crazy as this next trailer is probably going to be <laughs> that's true that is absolutely true I've dropped another trailer under that. I haven't watched that, but I have seen two episodes so far of History of the World Part Two. It's fucking hilarious. Does not disappoint. I, mean, I, I want to check this this thing out here. Jesus is bussing. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> okay, we got a little Hindi, not a Bollywood. Oh yeah, yeah. We got yeah. a Hindi movie, not a Bollywood movie, Trev. All right, three, two, one, play. Taste the success. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) What do you say? Hello, mommy. It looks hot there. Yeah. It's dubstep. It is. They're bringing it back. No cop. Mm-hmm. 
gonna pluck out your balls. That's what he just said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn. He said he was gonna he pluck his balls going- out. Yeah, that's what the 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 closed caption said. I'm going to pluck out your balls. It didn't specify eyeballs, so I'm yeah. going to assume that it was testicles. <laughs> Wildlands. Wildlands, Wildlands, Wildlands. All right, history of the world, baby. Little spoof trailer. All right, three, two, one, play. Look at a little fish. <laughs> Cancel him. <laughs> He's run out of cheeks to turn. Oh, That's God. the guy from Gemstones. Yeah. This is what Mel Gibson's working on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Vomitos>. oh, <my. laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Tired man. T pose. What? Okay. He's buzzing. 
I mean, I'll be back in three days. That cave blows open and back in black starts again. <laughs> I mean, it is the Iron Man song. People, some people only know it as the Iron Man song. Trav. Yeah, like the Iron Man song. Yeah. World. So next week. I've got to know that something I did. You're watching the well? I mean, I think we... Dude, Brendan Fraser much deserved win. I think we owe it to him. I'm ready to see it. I haven't watched it yet. Same. All right. Checks on the mail. Yeah, 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 yeah.